0: Hello and welcome to Hoop7's Basketball Hustle for another weekend. No shortage of massive things to be talking about in the NBL. We've got a brand new co-host for the show. We've got a brain snap to talk about. We've got the top two teams having a bit of a slip-up to talk about. We've got some teams finding some form beneath them. We'll have a bit more of a chat about the Perth Wildcats 40th anniversary team. And it's all thanks to Hoop7. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host. But as we, as we revealed last week, brand new co-host on the show, WA Basketball Royalty. After putting up with Sean Reddige and Damien Martin the past two years, I'm delighted to be sitting next to somebody that doesn't quite see solely red in, in his in his eyes, and that's pretty exciting for me. Cody Ellis, thanks for joining me. Chris, I appreciate you having me, man, and I'm uh, really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you as well, because it's been a tough two and a half years, because it's fair to say Sean and Demo don't see anything that isn't red. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, look, that's fair if you look at their <laughs> history, mate, uh you know if, if i had that decorated history as those two do then uh, i'd probably be in the same boat hmm. um, but yeah i'm uh, i'm very happy to be something a bit a bit different and i uh, hope the listeners will enjoy it
0: I, I hope so too and i'm i'm delighted to get you involved at this sort of level as well because i think you've got i mean to be honest in my mind you should be still playing in the nbl it's a shame <laughs> that you're not but at least now you can offer some insight into what what you're seeing in the league i mean first of all are you frustrated that you're not still playing in the NBL?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I, uh, I still feel like I could uh, help out a team. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and what, third, fourth year out of the league, or something like that now, and, yeah, you know, it's, it's obviously hard to crack back into it uh, at that point. Um, yeah, didn't end how I wanted it to, but I still still got to play five years professionally and, and live out my dream. so, uh, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't take any, any of that back ever.
0: Yeah, I mean you mentioned it's it's been a couple of years that you've been out, but you've still been playing some great basketball. And mm-hmm. I would hesitate to guess that you're almost in career best form what you've been showing at NBL one level at the Warwick Senators recently, coming off a season. I think you were third in MVP voting this yep. past this past season. You're still in shape now getting ready for another NBL one season. I mm-hmm. mean does it feel like your your body's now holding up well? You don't seem to have any injury mm-hmm. troubles. I mean do you feel like now that you're at an age where you you understand your game and, and everything, you're almost playing the best basketball you ever
1: had? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to touch wood for that injury <laughs> comment just quietly. But uh, yeah, look, I, I think I am. Um, you know, I've, I know what my body can handle, what my body can do. Um, look, I'm 31 years old, so not out of my prime, I don't believe. No. Um, and yeah, look, I'm just, I'm really loving playing. And, and the group we've got and we've had for the past couple of years has just been lots of fun and um, you know, that that is, is huge, I think, in in your own personal development of your game and, yeah, look, love and play and probably more so than the start of my NBL career.
0: So. Mm. That's good to hear, but it's also a shame that you know, you're not in the league because of yeah. all of that at the same time and I think some people might be surprised that when you say you're only 31, mm-hmm. I mean, you had your four years at college and you had your five years in the league, but... You're only 31. Mm. I mean, for a basketball player, sometimes their best basketball is in their 30s. I mean, do you still hold out hope of it happening, or or have you kind of kind of accepted the fact that maybe it's not going to happen now, and if it does, it's a it's a bonus. Uh,
1: depends on the time of the year, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, you know, once once people start getting signed um after seasons and stuff like that, there's that kind of glimmer of hope that sits in the back of my mind. Mm. Uh, that you know maybe I'll get a call from someone. Um. But I've also kind of accepted that, you know, my playing days are now NBL1 and, and that's kind of where it's at. And um, stick to my work and do what I do over here. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously with the implementation of this COVID mm. player possibly, I thought it might have been a chance. But I think that if a team's going to do that, they're going to have to do it with a local kid, yep. someone that's right there and handy. With the cats being away for probably the rest of the season, uh, the border rules yeah. don't help you, do they? No, they don't. So, which which is it, it's fine, and, and I get it, and I understand it. And look, it's the the talent in the league is just amazing, um, you know, from top to bottom. Um, so it, it is what it is.
0: If a club did suddenly get desperate for a player, mm-hmm. like we've seen, only only two weeks ago, eight New Zealand play New Zealand Breakers players got COVID and their games got postponed. But there's a chance that. Some teams might have players that get COVID and they still have to play, mm-hmm. so they'll have to bring in somebody from the outside. Yeah. Which would you be right to go if somebody called and offered you a, a deal, even if it's for one or two games?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Look, I'm not at NBL, uh, you know, conditioning standards, but yeah. anyone who's not been through an NBL preseason and, and already played, you know, eight nine rounds, huh. isn't going to be at that yeah. standard. But you're not going to go in and play 25, 30 minutes a game. No, you know, no. You're going to be coming in for spurts. And that's probably where I, I play my best basketball is in those little spurts and, and help out energy-wise and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, look, I'd be, I'd be certainly open to it.
0: Nothing against Marshall Nelson because the Taipans the needed a guard. Yep. But when you saw him get signed, did you think, gee, that, that could have been me?
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. But, you know, like you said, they needed a guard. You know, you got Machado out. And, yep. and Jarek, yeah. All that's it. But you, big holes to fill. Big to fill, and and that's where um, you know it's it's all circumstantial, and it's right place, right time. Um, you know who goes down, what a team needs. It's it's so up in the air that it's it's really out of our control
0: at, at all. Yep. All right, I'll let you off the hook, Cody. That was a, that was a tough way to start start your, your life here on Hoop Seven's basketball hustle. Before we get into what's happening in the NBL, mm-hmm. of course, we're here courtesy of Hoop Seven, being great supporters of ours, and this show wouldn't be possible without them. I mean, the store is amazing if you get a chance to check it out in the Perth city. If you live in Perth, you don't have a chance if you live outside of Perth right now to, to get inside and check it out, or you can check it out at hoop7.com.au. Cody, is that where you get your shoes from?
1: Oh, every pair. Uh, the guys at Hoops uh, are awesome I've been uh, been going to see Jason and the team since they were kicks and Back up mm, above yep. the theatre In the That's city right. and yep. when they started So uh, no, I've been a, a Long time fan of, of those guys And um, you know Whenever I go in I end up Being in there for an hour and a half just mm. talking And the wife and the little one are always Sick and tired <laughs> of it by the time we leave But uh, I, I love
0: it and they're, they're awesome They're great yeah, no, it happens to me too. Last time I went in, I bumped into into Tevin Jackson, and, yep. and we had a we had a good chat, and he had to drag he had to drag me away really. Well, that's uh, it, that's <laughs> it. So head to hoop hoopseven.com.au if you want to get some get some shoes, get some basketball gear. Now there's plenty happening in the world of the NBL, Cody. Um, I think there's only one one place to start after what we saw in round nine, um, it was the Wildcats and the Kings. It's a good rivalry. You were mm-hmm. you grew up probably hating the Kings and loving the Wildcats, and then you ended up being in the purple and playing yep. against, against the, the red. Um, it was early in the third quarter. Maddie Hodgson found himself isolated down in the block on DJ Vasilovich and, yep. and we saw chaos after, after that. Um, what did you make of, of Maddie Hodgson's brain fade? Yeah, look, it was uh, a brain fade of epic proportions.
1: Um, look, Maddie is, is kind of known as, as a bit of a hothead on the court, really good dude off the court, oh, yeah. you know. Um, but once he gets between those lines, he's a different person. Mm. And you know, from from looking at the camera angles that we got to see, there wasn't a whole lot in it. I'm not sure what DJ was saying. I'm sure he was saying something sure. because you know that's that's, that's what, what DJ does. does. Exactly, exactly. And that's part of his his arsenal. Um, but oh, I I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. He kind of it just looked like he didn't care at that point. And mm. um, the first one I thought was awful it was shocking it wasn't needed but But that's in the heat
0: of the moment it is yeah
1: it is and that's that's one that you can be like all right got caught up that's fine yep the second one when dj came back and was talking to him Mm. was was completely unnecessary and look it wouldn't surprise me if and i think it probably needs to happen is he needs to be suspended for a few games Mm. you know fines all that sort of Mm. stuff um yeah i'm not sure what was going through his head clearly nothing
0: I mean, a couple of things to follow up on. For, you mentioned the suspension. What sort of a penalty do you think is fair? We saw Vic Law get off with his very light headbutt on Deng Deng yeah. with just a just a fine. We saw Mason Peatland get one one game for for his bump on Creek. on Mitch Creek. Um, is this worse than than both of those? Oh, definitely,
1: definitely. Yeah, look, the Vic Law one was kind of a head nudge. You know, as much as you can't do that. You know, there was not a whole lot in it. Hmm. Um, you know, Deng Deng played that up as, as much as possible <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Peatling one kind of just ran straight through Creaky mm-hmm. You know, again, unnecessarily yeah. But looking out for his teammate um, This one's way worse mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it probably needs to be
0: two, three games That he sits out at the very minimum And following up from that How much does it hurt the Wildcats? Because they're not a big team already no. They've got Majuk and Hodgson sharing the five spot How much does it hurt
1: them? It does, it hurts him a lot. And I thought him being inserted back in the lineup was going to be really good for him. Um, He was
0: starting to find a little bit of of form too.
1: Yeah, and and he can be a game changer because of his size and his athleticism. It's just, it's not smart. It really hurts himself, it really hurts the team because, you know, Juk is still not 100% Mm. by the looks. Mm. Although he did hit a three pointer. He did. He did. <laughs> He's got that in his arsenal. He's got it there. He's got it there. He just doesn't show up very yeah. often. That was his first ever attempt in the Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So yeah, look, it, it's it hurts the team. It hurts the team a lot. Mm. Um and I don't know how they're gonna really recover from that because you're right, they're, they're not a big team. Mm. You know, you yeah. you've gotta you've gotta play Vic four or five now, yeah. you know, at times, yeah. um, which is not probably where you want to play him. No, so it's well, gonna, it's we saw in this
0: game. game, I mean, Jerome Martin, he's far too big for oh, him. He is.
1: He's, he's a big body and he's strong and, and there's, you know, more bigs around the league like that and yeah. it's just not going to work because, and Vic wants to stay on the court. He's not going to mm. foul, you mm. know, it, they need him out there. Mm. So it's it's going to hurt him, I
0: think. We can talk about it more later, but even looking to Saturday night, I mean, they've got the Phoenix, and they've got mm-hmm. Joe Chi, they've got Brandon yep. Ashley, they've got Dane Pinot. That's a that's a big team they're going to come up against.
1: Massive, massive, and and all kind of aggressive players. Yep. Um, that's you look at those lineups and you think who's going to match up on them for the full game. Mm-hmm. And Jook will take time on them, but he's not going to play 40 minutes a game. Um, so yeah, it's 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 not good. It's not good.
0: We don't excuse what he did, obviously, but at the same time, if there's one player in the league that's going to incite you to do something like that just through his mouth. Is is DJ the most likely? Likely?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think so. Um, I haven't actually played against DJ, but from all reports that, yeah, he, he's one of those guys. Um, him, probably one of,
0: one of my good mates, Drimmick, um, yeah, is another yeah. guy. Um, but DJ's definitely up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is, he's playing good basketball, though, since he's come back. Yeah. And so are the Sydney Kings now. Fascinating. Only a little over a week ago, they... Blown another fourth quarter, and I think they were feeling all sorts of pressure. All of a sudden, two Sundays ago, um, they had that big win over Brisbane to bounce back. And then, you know, eight days later, this past Sunday, they dominated the Wildcats for most of this game. They had a little bit of a scare straight after that incident yep. with, with Hodgson, but then they steadied and they're actually playing some really good basketball now. They
1: are, they are. They're playing really well, and they were always going to be a dangerous team once they hit their stride. You know, they've got most of their guys back. Um, Adam's coming back in is is huge because mm-hmm. he's such a tough player, and as we saw, once he hits his straps, he's yeah. going to be tough to guard, um, and he's a difference maker on that team. Mm-hmm. Keep Zave out there for as long as possible if he doesn't foul out. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another game changer. Yeah. You know, he just does all the little things. Most, well, not most games, but a few games, you'll see he doesn't really uh, light up the scoreboard mm-hmm. or anything like that. But you see, he's got those six, seven assists, yep. and then he's got his eight, nine rebounds, yep. and he's just doing all the little things. Um, and then just changing shots on defence as well. Absolutely. And obviously you got uh, Martin, who is a beast, mm. as we saw again on the weekend, and... He should be in the running for the MVP right That's now, right. I think. I think he is up there. Um, and if he stays healthy, because he looks really good shape, if mm. he stays healthy, I think uh, he'll, he'll certainly stay in the running for that too.
0: Not sure the old scoring machine has him that high <laughs> up on, his, on his leaderboard just yet. but yeah, not yet. Hopefully he attracts Sean's attention shortly. We'll get to his votes in the Play of the Year award a, a little bit later. Um, before we move on from the Kings, another player that you look at his his stats, and he, he doesn't stand out, but mm-hmm. but Wani Swaka is having an incredible impact, having come in as an injury replacement player, who's now been signed to a full contract for the rest of the season with the Kings, which is fantastic to see, mm-hmm. but what he does is he makes his team better just by being out on the floor, his defence is terrific, we saw him do a really good job on on, Bry- on Bryce Cotton, mm-hmm. you know him well, you played yeah. played a lot with him at the Warwick Senators, and I actually loved when he got the chance to play as a point guard. I think that really helped his his growth as a player when he did that alongside you. But mm-hmm. how happy are you for him to, to get this second chance?
1: Over the moon. Over the moon. I've known Wani for a long time. I helped Dad coach him at under-16s and mm-hmm. 18s and stuff like that too. Sure. So I've known him for a long, long time. Um, and it's it, it's really well-deserved. You know, I don't think he quite got um, the opportunity when he was over here that I think he should have gotten yeah. Um but, you know, that is what it is. And he's gone to Sydney and he's really really taken this by the horns and, and taken off with it. And um, I think it's really deserving that he's, he's got the full-time contract now for the rest of the year. Um, like you said, he was awesome on, on Bryce. Yeah. Bryce finished with 20, but it was a more expensive 20. Sure. you know. And then that's well under his average. So, you know, that's a win. You, you live with that any day of the week. And I thought he did really well. He's got that extra little bit of length mm. just to bother him gardening for those few years probably helped
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um the adelaide 36ers interesting weekend for them they they blew a game against the jack jumpers that they shouldn't have Mm -hmm. pressure was building and then they had melbourne united coming to town on on sunday so they were they were feeling the pressure then they'd blown a match winning lead and they were Mm -hmm. i think they were four down with a minute to go and dusty hanners had fallen out of favor a little bit with cj and he hadn't played a lot during the game but he puts him in for the last minute. He hits a massive three to send the game into overtime. And then he dominates the overtime period yeah. and he, he turns match winner. Um, to me, not only, not only did he win that game for Adelaide against the league leaders and stop Melbourne's winning streak, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways he probably saved his, his short-term career with Adelaide because the way it was going up until then, he had fallen out of favour. It was a remarkable turnaround and I guess that's what you know, it shows. If somebody has enormous confidence in themselves, mm-hmm. they can still do what he did. Oh for
1: sure And look He came into the league um, With a massive reputation You know And there was All kinds of hype Around him And As a player Sometimes that gets here You know mm-hmm. You feel like You have to live up To that expectation And you know The the league here Is is so tough And people just Underestimate it Yeah Um Defensively I think It's, it's one of the better leagues Around mm-hmm. Um and being a small guard there's lots of bigger longer quicker guards mm. around here so um, you're right he, I think he saved his job mm. um, that three hit in the corner was huge yeah. that was a tough shot too yeah. you know um, and never, then, look, never looked like missing, never look it? as soon as I left his hand I, I called cash mm. and yeah um, over time every time Melbourne would, would make a you know a shot or two and bring that lead back he would just go down the other end mm. get in the paint little floater cash yep. money he just, he just kept stemming that, uh, that comeback and you're right, he, he, I think he saved his job for now.
0: Yeah, it was fascinating and it turned out to be a fascinating Sunday because I think before the games on Sunday, Melbourne and Perth were looking like they were the two dominant teams in the league. All mm-hmm. of a sudden they lose and they're not even on top of the ladder so the Phoenix have now <laughs> replaced them on top of the ladder. Did you see some things from both United and the Wildcats that suggest that maybe they are a little bit more vulnerable than we, we thought? Uh a little bit.
1: Look, the Wildcats looked tired. Hmm. They just looked sluggish. Yeah. Bryce looked sluggish. Vic looked sluggish. Yeah. They they just weren't the same, you know, up and in your face Wildcats sure. that that we know. Um and Melbourne, look, they were they were always gonna drop a game. Yeah. This probably wasn't the one that we thought they were gonna drop. Um but when you got Goulding going over
0: that <laughs> doesn't help. Can you just put it down to a bad shooting line? Is it that simple? Because Golding went yes. zero of fourteen, over one of ten, Agata one of seven. They're probably they're, they're, they have been their best three sort of shooters.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And it just happened that it all fell on the one night. Mm. You know, yeah. um, Goulding isn't going to have another night like that. I don't know yeah. how many over nights he's had in his career, but it's no. very, very few, I yeah. believe. Absolutely. Um, but that's not going to stop him. You know, no. and next, will no, it. No, 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 no. no, I agree. Yeah. And you
0: know, he's built. That I think reputation. we all still thought when he took the shot at the end, still to try to tie the game up. It, it, he was, it was he's still going to go hundred percent.
1: And. It is what it is, you know. Um, Delhi had that huge shooting night um, a few games ago. Um, probably not his strength yeah. is, is that type of thing, and we, we saw that probably against Adelaide. I think
0: he still see it off him, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And look, he's one of those guys that he's changed his shot a lot mm. since well, since the Institute, since we were at yeah. the Institute together. Yeah. He's changed his shot a lot, and getting into the NBA, he couldn't quite get that distance, so they mm. had to try change it a bit yep. for him. Um, and that's got to play on your mind. You know, mm. and, and even now, when he was on that ridiculous tear, mm. I think it was 7 of 7 or 7 oh, of 8 at one point, yeah. his shot looked so good. It did. And then in Adelaide, it looked different again. It was a lot mm. more jerky. Yeah. Um, he's just got to figure out some consistency in it, and that's, that's going to be a big thing for him. But uh, yeah. you put that down to a bad shooting night where the top three probably shooters all shot their mm. worst night for yeah. the year, and they lose in overtime by a few yeah. points. They still could have won that game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Ilora Hawks,
0: I would have hated to have been them after their, their loss on on Thursday to, to Perth because Brian Gorgian doesn't stand for poor defensive performances yeah. and, and they delivered two in a row against the Wildcats and, and they got a response briefly in Adelaide but then they came back and played poorly against the Wildcats but they bounced back well in Cairns on Saturday night even though it was still an undermanned Cairns team but they just had to, didn't they, Aras Gorge? We've <laughs> absolutely tore them a new one this week.
1: Well, that's it and he probably already did yeah. and, you know... It was just the fact that Kansas was next cab off the rank, and they caught the brunt of it. So, um, yeah, they're not going to have too many back to back to back bad defensive mm. nights. You wouldn't no. think. Um, in saying that, I, I don't think they're the best defensive team going mm. around. You know, they, they had to bring a guy like Cleveland in to, mm. to play defense. Yeah. Um, but you know, once they're all buying in, I think they're really good. And if anyone's going to make them buy in, it's going to be Gorge. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: because if if you don't, he simply won't play you. Well, oh, that's it, yeah. exactly. The other one was the Jack Jumpers. I think it's fair to say Josh Majet didn't set the light, the world on fire when he first came to the league, and I think we were all shaking our heads at some of the shots yeah. he was taking. All of a sudden, the last couple of games, he's found his shot, and he he couldn't miss on on, on Sunday when they blew out the New Zealand Breakers. He ended up going um, seven of eleven from yeah. three, and he didn't look like he was going to miss. No. So that was the player that we thought we were going to get, and all of a sudden, the Jack Jumpers have strung a couple of wins together and. Yeah, if if he's doing what he's doing and not missing or taking those bad shots, this might not be a bad team.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, look, to start the season, I was not very high on him. Hmm. Um, You know, Adams would come out and make three, four, five back-to-back buckets, get some really good shots, and then he would come down and it almost felt like, well, it's my turn to to score. And
0: often sort of three metres behind the the three-point line. Yeah,
1: after going over three or four already. (laughs) Um, But these last couple of games, has been really good. He's yeah. been really tough um, Probably taking more more of the shots That are comfortable for him mm-hmm. Rather than trying to force it yep. um, Some of those ones against New Zealand Were just ridiculous yep. That late shot clock yep. Step inside the half court circle <laughs> You know, just yeah. kind of Had to throw it And yep. it was just cash yep. You know, so And you have games like that mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the total opposite Of what Melbourne went through Yeah, you know, you absolutely just, You just see the, the ring like a hula hoop mm. And it, it's easy to, to score it But uh, if he's firing Then they're going to be tough They're going to mm. be tough
0: did you see Scott Ross celebrations after they beat Adelaide back yes. on but a couple of days earlier? That was that was fun to see.
1: It was. <laughs> it was good. And to see your coach doing that, you, you know he's bought into the team. Absolutely. You know he's bought yeah. into the culture. And that's just going to drag you as a playing group up with him. Mm. Um, and I think that was that was really good. That was really mm. good. You know, you, you don't see a whole lot of coaches doing that. Mm. Um, and he was really excited. It was it was wicked.
0: And you can tell it wasn't forced. It was genuine emotion. Yeah. And I think he genuinely loves his players and he loves Tasmania. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he's had to because he, he's given up his whole life to be down there and he's thrown himself full into it.
1: Yeah. It was very much like their first win when you yeah. see him start to yeah. tear up at the end of the Absolutely. game when he knew he had it sealed. Yep. You know, And again, that just helps you as a team believe in your coaching staff because they care so much. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. Um, you know, a, a squad that at the start of the year I thought wouldn't win a game. Mm.
0: Um, and based you know, on talent, they still are the least
1: talented well, I agree. squad in the league. I agree. Yeah. But they play hard. Yeah. You know, they they play harder than most other teams. Sure. And you can tell because they come out in the first quarter, they usually win that first quarter. They do. Just because they're all over it. And that's
0: it's their pressure at defence as well. I think against Adelaide, Adelaide had 24 turnovers. Yeah. Well, and it was all because of – a lot of it was because of the pressure that mm-hmm. they were put on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's – going to be what they hold their hat to and um they're doing that well as as long as they can do it for 40 minutes mm. which which is easier said than done for sure um but yeah I, I think i mean they're moving up the ladder quickly now
0: yeah absolutely so um we've touched on a lot of what happened in this past round i'll just quickly run through the results and you can tell me if there's something that jumps out at you cody mm. that that we missed so it, it started back on thursday night Ilora hawks lost another home game to the Perth Wildcats. The Wildcats winning 94 to 80. And then that game we just talked about, the Jack Jumpers, they were a long way behind in this game early, but they they dominated the fourth quarter and beat the Adelaide 36 to 76 to 71. Then as we touched on before, the Hawks bounced back to beat the Taipans up in Cairns 94 to 75. And then also Saturday, the Phoenix too good for a disappointing Brisbane Bullets 88 to 73. And then Sunday, three big games. A lot happened in in these games. It started with that Overtime game in Adelaide, the 36ers beating Melbourne, 88 to 83. Then the Sydney Kings beat the Wildcats, 96 to 81. And then the Jack Jumpers, very disappointing from the Breakers. But first game out of a out of a break, I think we've seen most teams struggle. So they won, 83 to 59. Anything jump out that you want to want to touch on from any of those, Cody?
1: Um, look, there's there's bits and pieces. I think for me, for Cairns, although a disappointing loss, I think. Uh, Keanu Pinder is hmm. starting to play some good basketball. Yeah. And again, he's getting that opportunity. Yeah. And he just out-hustles people. He does. You know, he yeah. gets all over the board. He's He loves his block shots. He gets the crowd involved. <laughs> um, and that's awesome. And that's something that is, is really good to see. He did that in Adelaide
0: too at times. I know he, he got a lot of criticism, but he was that energy guy. He was. And if you have a look at that 36 team right now, I don't really have an energy no. guy.
1: I could certainly use him. Yeah. Certainly use him. And again... Kind of like Waney at, at Perth, yep. he, he probably didn't get utilized the way he sh- he should have been. Mm. But you know that's that's up to the coaches and how they how they see it. Obviously, um, the other thing um, that kind of jumps out to me is is Luwai Chul. Um, mm. Look, I, he gets spoken about, but I still feel like he kind of flies under the radar. Mm. Um, defensively, I know you guys have spoken about mm. him defensively. Um, you know, Damo talked about him in college yeah. and, and how he was yep. he was yep. really good in college and he's he's so long and yeah. he's he reads the game really well. Yep. Um, and then you add to it his scoring prowess yep. and he can knock down that three if you give him time. Yep. He's how tall is he? What seven almost? Seven four yeah, long. he's he's really tall and he can take you off the dribble really well. Yeah. Um. So I think he's going to be a key. To how far Melbourne go. Obviously they're stacked. Yep. But I think he's going to be massive for
0: them. Yep. No, t- totally agree. Um, we still don't want to give Sean too much credit. But <laughs> he did notice his defence coming into the season. And I'd be surprised if... Damo needs to catch up on his votes in his award. But I yep. wouldn't be surprised if Joe is, is rising up, up that table. So that was round nine, Cody. Yep. for some awards, and like I said, we don't have an update from, from Damien Martin in the Best defensive Award. He promises me he'll get one, but i tell you what, if it takes too much longer, Cody, I'm going to give the, that voting job over to you, and, and you, you'll have to do it for the, for the rest of the, of the season. Jeez, that's big shoes to fill. Goodness me. Wow. He's a, he's a long way behind. That's, yeah. that, let's just put it that way. Yeah. But um, he promises he'll catch up, so if we hear from him, we'll hear from him. But we do have some votes in the the Rededge Player of the Year award thanks to Rededge basketball and tell me what your what your thoughts are and, and how close did the old scoring machine get in these votes for, for Round 9? Ken Bersto from Adelaide the one vote, Bryce Cotton the two, Mitch Creek the three, Josh, Josh Majet the four and Jalen Adams from the Kings the five. Yeah, look, that's 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 not a bad list right there.
1: Look, I think Besto had some massive games mm. um, He's going to get you his points, but rebounds wise, sure. I think he was he was really good, and you could see it. Almost looked like more of a concerted effort for him to just yeah. get on the glass and and um, you know be that presence, which he's so strong that he needs to be that presence, yeah. especially for Adelaide, who a team that doesn't have a lot of guys at hustle well, that's like it. he has to. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bryce, I think that's the red coming out in him. <laughs> Look, he, w- he was awesome in that first game um, against against Illawarra. Um, you know. Typical Bryce, yep. but uh, I think Luanne did a really good job on him yeah, in that game. I think you could probably slot Luella Chul in there while mm. they lost. He was still good. He was yeah. he was tough. I think he had what twenty three and
0: twelve or yeah, something like that. Plus so a, a whole. Heap. I don't. Sometimes I wonder with the block the block shots that they I miss a whole heap them. of block shots. Don't trust it at all because watching that game, his block shots were the reason a big reason why Melbourne got into the game.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely, and it's not.
1: Just the blocks; it's changing those Absolutely. shots. You know, because once you block a guy's shot when he's coming in for for a drive, he's not oh. coming back the next time. Well, no, you're not, and you're you're looking around when you're in there yeah. next time.
0: So he's he's definitely a uh, an anchor on their defense. So what what those votes mean is that Bryce maintains his lead for, for Sean, which I'm sure is yep. what is what Sean is is hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Galen Award, Cody. I don't know if you follow this, but it's it's named after Galen Young. Um, one of, one of my favourites and a hell of an inspirational player. So yep. this award is kind of for the best team man who might not be the leading scorer or, or anything on the stat mm-hmm. sheet, or he, he could be, but it's the guy who has the biggest impact on helping his team team win win some games. And I've got some nominations, but like I did with Damo, I'm happy mm-hmm. for you to nominate someone yourself. Yep. But from this weekend, I thought Mitch Norton, especially in that first game for the Wildcats against the Hawks, yep. Matt Kenyon becoming a starter at the Jack Jumpers. Justinian Jessup, he was a purely a scorer last year. Yep. He's now a pretty good all-round player, I think, for the, yeah, for the Hawks. A couple of double doubles. Yeah, Brandon Ashley, I think's become a difference maker for the Phoenix just with his presence. Cam Berso we just talked about, was huge for Adelaide, and, and Xavier Cooks, you touched on what he does before. Does one of those jump out, or somebody else? Yeah, look,
1: it's hard to it's hard to pass up on Zave. Mm. Um, you know, while he fouled out towards the end of that that big win. Um, he was in there long enough that he just affected the game yep. so much and like i said he just he he's very similar to Norto. does a lot of the little things mm. you know we'll dive on the floor we'll get after the ball um jessup again like you said his game's gone to another level yep. i think um scoring wise he's he's probably similar to what he what he was doing but he's given you other things now yeah. he's given you other looks he's he's, he's getting not. on the boards and he's not a liability
0: defensively like he was he's not yeah. He's not.
1: So, yeah, he's certainly not the worst out there on, on defence, which is, I think, massive for a, mm. a Gorgian team. Um, but, yeah, I, I've, it's hard to look past Dave.
0: I'm glad you said that. I'd probably narrow it down to Xavier Cooks or Cam Bairstow, yep. but every time I've nominated Xavier so far this year, Damo's overlooked him. Yep. So I'm glad that Xavier Cooks gets this, gets this <laughs> nod for the Galen Award for, for Round 9. Let's take a deep breath, Cody. When we come back, I might talk a bit more about you. Sounds good. Okay, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. I hope you enjoyed that first segment with my new co-host, Cody Ellis. How do you find it, Cody? Yeah, it was really good. Loved it. Loved it. Um, let's talk a bit, about, a bit more about you. So instead of one of our regular guests, you can step into that into, into that <laughs> so seat okay. for, for this show, Cody. Yeah. I remember the, when we first started this show, back in our first season, when, when Sean was my co-host, you were one of our first guests as well, so... isn't the first time you've appeared on this show no no and that was uh yeah that was a while ago now wasn't it yeah yeah, three years ago just about now so unreal unreal. so it's good to have you back in in this role We, we talked about a little bit about how things are for you right now but what what is life like for you now i mean what was it like firstly i guess when you were out of the nbl and you had to find a find a real job yeah, it was tough.
1: It was tough, especially that first, uh, probably that first six months, just of not knowing. It um, was, was a big thing. Um, obviously tough. I've got a wife and a little boy, so he was he was four or five years old back then. Mm. So, um, you know, very, very nerve-wracking, not knowing what I was doing. Managed to pick up some work, um, just locally, working for the old man. Then um, kind of stuck with that. Um, yeah, so... Obviously, basketball, NBL-wise, didn't work out, um, but have, have kind of found a home where I am now. Now, what is the job, and what's it like almost living a normal life? Yeah, it's, it's very strange. Something I didn't think I'd be doing this early. Mm. But uh, no, it's good. It's good. So I work for a company called Campion Education, um, deal with book supplies and stationery and all mm. that sort of stuff. So currently mm. uh, is our busy time of the year, Absolutely. being back to school, yeah. and it is, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy at work right now. So um, you know basically wake up early go to work Tuesdays and Thursdays pop home get some food if possible change come to training mm. um, and then yeah try try fit some family time in, <laughs> in between all of that but uh, yeah it, it's good man it's good I've, I've found a
0: routine and, and I'm enjoying it the obvious question is I mean I don't know if you ever do an interview where you're not asked about your granddad and your dad's history <laughs> at, at, the, at the Perth Wildcats I yep. mean Based on that, did you always grow up dreaming of playing for the Wildcats? Absolutely.
1: You know, that was the dream, um, you know, ever since I was tiny, um, really, as, as long as I can remember, was always to play uh, for the Cats. Mm. Um, obviously it never came to fruition, but, you know, that's professional sports. And, you know, that's something that I learned the older I got is, you know, it's a business. Mm. It really is a business. and. Um, Look, I've i still still got a bit of a, a soft spot only because you know, dad and mum <laughs> and grandma and granddad and my uncles are just so ingrained yeah. in the cat's history that it's kind of hard for me to not not have that little soft spot. Sure.
0: Um, what was it like as an opposition player coming back to back to Perth? Yeah, it
1: was tough. It was really tough, especially that grand final series. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. It, it's tough. And I always kind of, it felt like more hung on those games for me. You yeah. know, you walk into to RAC and you look up and there's dad's jersey hanging yeah. above, yeah. Um, which was awesome. It was yeah. really cool. Um, and, you know, to be able to say that I played in the same league you mm. know, as dad um, and my uncles is, is pretty special. But yeah, coming back
0: here and playing was, it was always lots of fun. It's an interesting one. And I we can explore this a bit more when we speak to Bevo mm-hmm. um, next time we have him on the show. But I, I remember sitting in his office with him back at the Wildcats. This would have been just before you'd signed with Sydney. And he he was talking about you and how he had been pushing to – he'd been staying in touch with you and mm-hmm. your, and, and your dad and, and he wanted to bring you into the Wildcats yeah. because he knew the history, but he was overruled from from above. And partly I think it was because you were – having to start that, that first season late, mm-hmm. but also I think possibly because there was already Sean and Jesse yeah. on the team. But Bevo was pushing for it. I mean, I'm sure you've spoken to him about it since, but were you disappointed that they didn't come calling when you were leaving college?
1: Yeah, look, I, I was. Um, my agent had been talking to them, but they'd offered a development role, yeah. like the roster instead, um, whereas Sydney offered me a, you know, a full contract. Yeah. Um, and then looking selfishly, you know, because now that money's on the line and right. I had a family and all that sort of stuff, yeah. um, that's what I had to do. Um, Let's yeah, be honest, you know, a development contract is not going to be enough to live off. No, especially back when I started, <laughs> yeah. it was you probably wouldn't have even got any money out of it, really. Possibly not. The only yeah. advantage would have been in living at home, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was what it was. What it was and um, I think. I looked at it, like you would mentioned, you've got Jesse and Maddie mm. and Sean, yeah. you know, three guys who really should eventually be probably hanging oh. in the rafters, yeah. all in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, and as a young guy that kind of wanted to make my own stamp and that was probably not the path I mm. would have gone down. And, you know, ultimately it wasn't and tried to
0: pave my own way, you know, going with Sydney. I thought it was a great show of faith. I think it was Shane Hill that really fought yep. for you at the, at the Kings and mm-hmm. he knew that you were only going to come in midway through the season but I think it was a great show of faith for him, for him to, to want to sign you and mm-hmm. bring you in when he did and, and once you got there you played mm-hmm. straight away. I yeah. mean, that must have been a, a good feeling. Yeah, it was and I'll
1: you know forever be grateful to Shane mm-hmm. and, and the coaching staff and um, all the support staff at the Kings You know, for giving me my first contract. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty special signing that. Um, I was away with one of the Australian teams. When, when I'd signed that contract so yeah and look things obviously didn't pan out in Sydney um, you know we we had a fairly talented team mm. but probably didn't make the splash like we should have mm. but yeah look it, it was certainly a learning experience.
0: And then I don't really know what went wrong in that last season at the Hawks I mean you might be able to add some insight but mm. I my first real sort of interaction with you or when I first came into touch with you was when it was early in that season and Bevo had been given the instruction to, yep. to not, not play you. And a similar thing was happening at the Kings with Tom Gallup. Yes. So, so the, the King's ownership had told the coach of the Kings to not play Tom Gallup mm-hmm. either. And, and I kind of you know, picked up on that and I thought, I would write an article because I think it needed to be called out. Bevo yep. was Bevo wanted me to, to do something because he yep. he was getting a lot of grief because people thought it was his decision to not play you. He yep. wanted. The public to know that it wasn't his, his decision so yep. but i mean that was a tough time because you deserved to be playing in the league mm-hmm. and and tommy was in the same boat yep. you both were good enough to be playing in the league good enough to be making an impact but it wasn't even your coaches that made the choice mm. to not play you i mean it was owners had informed the coach that you do what i say or you lose your job yeah um how tough was that for you to go through
1: oh it was awful it, it really did um it really played with me mentally um because i thought i was in really good shape at the time um i'd i'd worked my butt off in the off season and i thought we probably weren't being as successful to start that season as we probably should have been yeah. um but i also thought me being a guy who's playing 10 to 12 mm. minutes a game wouldn't be the one that is the reason of that sure. you know that's I, I wasn't the cause of that mm. I don't think anyone was the cause of that. I think it was just how the season started, you know. Um, And I remember, I do remember getting the message from Bevo saying, can you come and just have a chat? And then walking in and seeing him and the GM at the time and then Mm -hmm. the GM telling me what was going on, um, saying, look, yeah, ownership grew for myself, decided that, you know, we want to go with a 10-man rotation instead of the 11 and Mm – know you're the one that is, is probably just going to be sitting for most of these games upcoming just for the mm-hmm. near future um, and honestly I had I had tears in my eyes when I heard that and just because you get all those emotions of all that hard work you've put in and then all of a sudden you can't do anything yeah you know, um, and it was it was devastating and I sat in my car for probably an hour just staring out the window just I didn't even know what to think to mm. be honest with you um, it was tough it was tough and it was something that it wasn't announced to the team either so it was kind of kept quiet yeah. it was you know behind closed doors mm. type of thing and mm. obviously not told to the public either mm. and then you know i had some fairly faithful fans in my yeah. corner um in in Wollongong, you which did. was amazing new- newspaper editor yes julian yes my guy there and, and tim fairs was another one that mm. was was massive for me and just would constantly reach out see how i'm doing Um, and yeah look the whole of Wollongong and the whole of Illawarra was behind me when when they kind of caught on to what was going on Mm. and it was awesome and you know I'd hear all kinds of stories of them wanting to start chance at games and all that sort of stuff and that really warmed my heart you know that Mm. made me feel a lot better that I had that whole community which is a really tight-knit community in my corner Um, but yeah look, it was a frustrating time man it was frustrating and then it got to a point where i had to play because we had about six and a half players in melbourne and the, fu- the funny thing about it all was when you played you played well yeah 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 thought i had a decent game and oh i was so gassed that first couple of minutes <laughs> yep. just you can train all you want but yeah. you know having that win for a game is just completely different because mm. um, yeah look i I'd, I'd worked my butt off still I, I didn't stop doing what i was doing getting extra shots up and and um, all that sort of fun stuff um, away from trainings, mm. so that when my number was called, I was, I was ready to go again.
0: What was your relationship like with Bevo during that time, and was Bevo actually on your side through it all?
1: Look, it was it was a tough one. He got put in a situation that ownership should never put a coach in. Sure. you know, especially seeing as Bevo and I have a history and we we've known each other mm. and you know. Bevo and my family know each other fairly well and stuff like that. Um, it was a tough one, and I got the sense that he kind of felt awkward about what was going on. Mm. And but he still had a team to coach, yeah. you know. Um, so it was, it was something that we didn't really talk about a whole lot. You know, every now and then we'd we'd have a chat about it, but it was nothing that we really touched on much. Because and look, I knew that it wasn't his decision. Mm. I knew that. Um, it was from the higher-ups and it was something that he his job was
0: threatened by well the hard like, part for him was I think he was put in a position where you do what we say or yeah you won't be our coach anymore Well, that's it that's it and that would have been
1: an uproar from the whole community yeah. as well if that yeah. had happened yeah, Absolutely, but you know he'd just moved his family over mm-hmm. and they just bought a house and he had his three kids there and you know he couldn't afford to lose his job either yep um, so yeah, it was it was just a all round awkward situation and just yeah a, a very average one. <laughs>
0: it was um, last one before we move on from that. Yep. If Beverly calls and asks you to pull on the Boomers. Jersey, in, in Japan later this month. Do you do you say yes?
1: Oh, look, I think he's got uh, a fair list of, of candidates ahead of me, but I would certainly consider it absolutely.
0: Well, let's put Bevo on the spot next time we talk to him and, and, and put put your case, put yep. your case forward. Yep. Um, now, you had a great college career mm-hmm. at, at, at St. Louis. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Was the best part about that meeting Lauren or the basketball that you got to experience? Well, it depends if Lauren's going to listen to this or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, look... Um,
1: Obviously went over there with, with nothing uh, except, you know, some expectations and um, came back with a fiancé and a, and a little six-month-old. So, you know, to say I came back empty-handed would be, uh, <laughs> yeah, a fair understatement. But, um, no, look, I, I loved every second of my time at St. Louis, um, on court, off court. Um, some of my closest friends are still over there in St. Louis and mm. who I met through college sure. and... Really, you talk to anyone that's been over there and they'd probably say the same thing. You know, some of their closest mates are there. Because it's that kind of prime years in your life. Um, you kind of have those friends that, that will just stick stick by you through stuff. And, um, you know, I went through some mental struggles at St. Louis and had some of those people that were just constantly in my corner and and helped me through uh, some of that. And, like I said, I was being indebted for life to, to some of those, those people. But... Uh, Yeah, no, very happy that uh, Lauren wanted to come back down here (laughs) and uh, was was very happy to sit in the passenger seat while I lived out my dream.
0: Now, that was the plan a bit while you were playing in the NBL. Now that you might not, if that is now in the past or at some point when you won't be any chance of playing professionally, do you still stay living here or is she trying to to get back home? Nah, we've just applied for Australian citizenship. Okay.
1: So, no, she loves it over here. She loves it over here. Um, you yeah, know, when she when she goes home, she's ready to come back after a couple of weeks. Okay, um, good, good. So, yeah,
0: I found a good one. <laughs> Is she going to get her citizenship before Bryce does? Probably. <laughs> that seems so drawn out. It's ridiculous, yeah. doesn't it? Tell me about Chase. What's a? As you said, when you got back to Australia, he was six months. He's now, I think he's eight. Eight. It? He's, yep, what? Yep. What? What's it like watching your your son grow up? Oh, it's insane. It's
1: um. It's lots of fun. Right now, he's starting to get his little attitude, and he's talking back, and all that mm-hmm. sort of fun stuff. And um, it is—it's it, lots of fun. It's lots of fun. He started playing basketball with his schoolmates, and going down and watching him play. Mm. And hates to pass the ball; just loves to shoot it <laughs> from as far out as he possibly yeah, can. Yeah. And um, that's probably just from watching me. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's lots of fun, man. And he, he keeps us on our toes and mm. keeps us busy. And um, yeah it, it, it's, it's great man it's great last one and then we'll,
0: we'll let you off the hook Cody <laughs> what is it about the Warwick Senators that means so much to you because even in your NBL off seasons you would come back and play your dad watched the coach Luke Brendan's now taking over yep. moving forward but this club has been a massive part of your life it has continued to be mm-hmm. during your NBL career and after your NBL career you led them to a championship um, 18, 18 months ago you're the captain of the club Um. What is it about the club that means so much? Well, you kind of touched on it. Uh,
1: I feel like it's a family club. You know, mm-hmm. it, I've, again, my family is so ingrained in this club yep. that uh, I couldn't imagine playing anywhere else. Um, and I try to pride myself on, on kind of being a loyal person and, mm-hmm. you know, for a club that's given me so much from juniors all the way up until now, I feel like I've just got to keep giving back to it. Um, and yeah, look, I, I've been approached by other clubs but, mm-hmm. um, around WA, and can just I I'll always just say, look, no. Look, if, if there came a time where Warwick said, look, we want to go down a different path, and I would hang them up. I'd I'd mm-hmm. stop playing. Yeah, well. um, yeah. Between NBL seasons, I I had some offers from you know Siebel teams, New mm-hmm. Zealand teams. Um, but I always enjoyed coming back here and playing yeah. for the club I, I grew up. Playing I, for. I
0: remember you were so passionate about coming back to play. Your dad actually actually had to forcibly ask you to sit out some games. Yeah, just because you wanted to play that badly. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And I just I love playing
1: for the the blue and the green. Hmm. Um, you know, it's part of my blood. It's part of part of my family. It's it's part of my extended family. So I, I just love the group we've got, and I,
0: I have since uh, since being back. And being a championship captain with your dad, championship coach, that mm-hmm. must have been. An unbelievable experience.
1: It was. It was awesome. As much as some people try
0: exclude it from, yeah, yeah, from that winning. season was as competitive and hard fought as any NBA one or SBL yep. season I think we've seen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And it's not like there were some teams that didn't play. No. Every team played, whether they fielded, you know, younger guys to play. Mm. You know, obviously we couldn't get imports in. But I think it kind of proved that where we are as a club in mm. terms of local talent, you know, yeah. we had Justin King still here, but yeah. He was part of the furniture. He's pretty much a local now. Well, exactly. So um, I think that speaks volumes to how we are progressing as a club Mm. um, and and bringing in the local guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, As we go on with the show and the season gets closer, we can talk a bit more about how your team's shaping up for Mm -hmm. 2022 as well. But, Cody, thanks for opening up about all that. We'll take a break and when we come back, we'll get your thoughts on the Wildcats' anniversary team and then we'll preview round 10 in the NBL. Sounds good. All right, back on Hoop7's basketball hustle. I really hope you enjoyed some of that insight into into Cody Ellis, the man. And now let's pick his basketball brain because it's hard to imagine anyone part of the Ellis family being better placed to give their thoughts on the Perth Wildcats 40th anniversary team. It'll be announced later in the week officially. But as you would have heard last week, myself, Damo and and Sean, we picked our teams and our teams weren't that much different, Mm -hmm. Cody. So really... The main difference I had was that I had both Damo and Sean and, right. they, and they didn't pick themselves. Yeah, yep. um, and then Damo, Damo went with, with Kevin Lish and, and Sean had Jesse Wagstaff and it's tough to argue with with those guys, but I couldn't quite find a place. If I had a 12-man team, they'd probably both, both make it. But, For sure. But what? So we, we both, well, both myself and Damo had the same, same starting five with... Mm-hmm. James Crawford, Andrew Vlahov, Sean Redditch, Bryce Cotton and Ricky Grace. Sean had Scott Fisher in that starting spot ahead of, ahead of him. Um, firstly, is the four a lock? Is it only Sean Redditch and Scott Fisher in your mind that might be up for, up for debate? Yeah, look, I would, I would probably put Sean
1: just ahead of Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd agree with, with you and Damon on that one, I think. Obviously, Sean's not going to put himself in the <laughs> team. Um, yeah, look, I, I think that starting five... Uh, is is an absolute lock.
0: I, I think so. I mean, Fish has a great case, but yeah, in the end, Sean almost played double the amount of games for the Wildcats well, and it. him He yeah. won more championships. Um, it's nothing to discredit Fish because no. they're both all-time greats and you know Fish's numbers up in the mm-hmm. rafters and, and Sean, maybe when crowds are back, his name will finally get up there as well. Needs to be. Now, what about your dad?
1: Yep. Is your dad a lock in your mind? I think so. I think so. If you're looking at a team that uh, if you look at an anniversary team, first of all, like you guys have done, it needs to be by positions, yep. right? And then I think it needs to be the impact on the club, and you know, taking my Ellis hat off, mm. I think being the inaugural captain, yep. captain for his entire career, yep. um, led them to to a couple championships, yep. won a couple as you know on the coaching staff, yep. um, you know, four rings was part of the club for. He's 25, 26 years, something like something along those lines. And still doesn't miss a game, does he? Doesn't. <laughs> doesn't. Him and Watto still yep, sitting yep. there in the, in the crowd every game. And, you know, he will still do functions for the club. He'll still yep. do all sorts of stuff. I think the fact that he still is in and around, gets noticed, is on all of the advertising when you're mm-hmm. talking about the, the Wildcats as, as a whole. Um, I think he has to be in there a
0: question yeah we all agree as well um if he's not in this final team when they announce it officially Mm -hmm. would it hurt for him uh
1: i think he will say it won't but it will it will and i think if he's not then yeah it's it's a bit ridiculous and I, i don't think it's been voted on properly
0: yeah i agree because if he misses out, you would think it's for Kevin Lish and mm-hmm. you've got a good case to make for Kev. It's nothing against Kev because you, well, he was a teammate of yours, yeah. and he was a grand final MVP and an MVP. So it's nothing mm-hmm. against Kev, but no. you know, Mike had a, had an unbelievable story history. Yep. So if we make if Mike is a lock in that second guard spot, it probably is Damo or Kevin Lish. Is it is it an easy choice for you? It is, it's Damo. It has to be. You got an award named after
1: you. <laughs> One of the best defensive mm-hmm. players of all time. Yep. It has to be. And again, nothing against Kev. No. But it's, again, it's, it's longevity as well. Kev was here four seasons, I think it was. I think it was four, yeah. Won an MVP, finals MVP. Yep. That's huge. Yep. For most other clubs, you'd say he's a lock. Yep. But for the storied history of this club, you're fighting for those spots. And it, when you it's hard
0: for him because <laughs> when you've got Bryce and Ricky, there's not many well, guard it. spots.
1: Well, that's it. And this is, you know, it's, it's a very guard-dominant um, squad yeah
0: and in fairness before
1: bryce came along i think kev was a was a lock yeah i think so too i think so too and then he bryce has come in and almost taken number one spot yeah. really yeah.
0: he's almost first pick <laughs> even ahead of ricky All you know, that's it's, it. it's unbelievable yeah. um the, the Ford spots are, are interesting i think we i think you agree that paul rogers is a lock for that if we're going for yeah. a backup backup center definitely i'll so, take roger any day so when we're looking at that Ford spot I guess we're picking between Maddie Knight, Scotty Fisher, and, and Jesse Wagstaff. If mm-hmm. you had to only pick two of those, who do you go with? It's it's such a tough one,
1: but I would probably have to go with Fish and with Jesse. Mm. Um, look, I, I was unlucky enough that I had to play against Maddie every okay. year of my career, <laughs> um, but I think one. Um, and again, his nickname, The Nightmare, is, yeah. is spot on because... I still remember coming into here and playing the cats and you it would be it would be a nightmare trying to play against him
0: is he the strongest guy you've ever played against oh yeah yeah or him and
1: Mika yeah him and Mika sure. are the two yep. that are on par with each other yeah. but just and he was so smart yeah you know he knew how to, to use his body as well you know one of the strongest guys on the court but mm. could draw a charge just as good as anyone um, again it's it's a one of those things that you've got to pick Someone, and someone's got to miss out. Mm. But I think Jesse coming up on game 400, yep. which probably should have been here, but now it's... It, w- it would have been. been
0: yeah. it, it was scheduled to be, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, which ranks what, very highly on the all-times list. It's only the second. He's, only, only, he's second. Only, behind, only behind Ricky Grace. R- yeah. um, six championships, mm. possibly seven if he wins one this yep. year. As a captain, I don't see
0: how you can leave Jesse out. Having said that... Was there a more frustrating play to play against Not at all. than Jesse? Oh, Sean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
1: again, all three of those guys on one team was... Yeah. was uh, and Greg. Well, that's it. Hmm? That's it. And that's why they were so successful. Because teams used to hate coming up against them. And they would get under your skin. Do exactly their job. Yep. The reason they've been so successful. Um,
0: yeah, I, you, you can't leave them out. So so that's your, your 10. Really, the, the only difference... That you've had with me is maddie for jesse and really it's a 50 50 call in a lot of ways so there's no right answers in these things um the club has announced trevor gleason as the coach of this team rightfully so five championships means that it's pretty tough to argue yeah oh absolutely look if it was anyone other than trev i'd be
1: dumbfounded really um his continued success here was just unbelievable and it's on par with anyone in the league
0: ever really it is yeah Absolutely. Well, we'll wait and see. Next week we'll know the official team announced, so we'll, we'll get to pick that apart, Cody. So yep. we'll, I'm fascinated to find – I'm actually a little bit nervous. I hope, that, I hope that we don't see anything that we see that's a mistake in that team because this, mean, this sort of thing means a lot. Um, so I, I'm sure that the, the panel that they picked will take it seriously. I just hope that, I hope that there's nothing that we see that, that's disappointing when we come back next week. Yeah.
1: And I'm sure there will be. It, it's, always, <laughs> it's always the way with these teams – um and it's it's a frustrating one because you know you you've got personal spats between people Mm. and and that that stuff happens and as much as people say that you know they try and separate from that while while
0: voting for this sort of stuff
1: that stuff always comes into play
0: but um well just quickly we all decided that tiny pinder wasn't eligible do you feel like the panel will have come to that same same decision and would you be disappointed if he gets included
1: um, look I, I agree with you guys that I don't think He should be included um, His off-court antics are just Something that you can't look past um, But in saying that I don't know if I could find Him a spot on the team Well he, he to Really
0: he has to replace Rogers, and Does well, he deserve it. to replace Rogers?
1: I don't think so I'd, I'd probably still take yeah. Um As good as Tiny was I'd, I'd still take Roggie.
0: What's your dad's thoughts on tiny did he enjoy playing
1: with him <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure he did because he gave him lots of assists so, um yeah look he was one of those players that was just an absolute freak yeah you know an absolute freak
0: well but he's probably got similar athleticism to his son really
1: doesn't he yeah yeah um he was probably more powerful yeah um is the only thing whereas Keanu's a bit more agile yep. although tiny was agile as well yep. especially for, back especially in for those, those times yeah. well that's it so tiny was was one of those players that um you'd you come to a, a game to watch mm. you know like Ricky like Bryce now um shattering backboards and all that sort of fun stuff <laughs> yep. so but when your off-court antics creep into your on-court then I don't think you can be considered in a team like this yeah
0: it's unfortunate but yep. I guess he's made his own bed to line at the same time Absolutely. so we'll come back to that next week round 10 it all starts Wednesday night Cody yep. um Interesting game. No crowd in the building, which kind of deflates everyone watching, I think, a little bit. But let's hope the New Zealand breakers are a little bit better second game back from their their break. But I think they've got the job ahead of them against the the Hawks.
1: Absolutely. Look, The Hawks win that one fairly handily, I'd I'd like to think. Um, But I'm hoping New Zealand actually put up a bit of a fight, Um, which I think they will. I think they will. They're not going to lay an egg again Mm. the way they did. You you wouldn't think so, Um, but but the Hawks will come away with that for sure. I think so
0: too. This one's fascinating. Thursday in Adelaide, the 36ers and the Bullets. We know Adelaide coming off that win over Melbourne, but they were poor before that. And the Bullets have now come off a couple of of tough games too. They have. They have. So
1: I'd probably go with Brisbane on this one, but I think Adelaide's starting to play some decent basketball. Mm. Obviously, again, fell fell to the jack jumpers early, but... um, that's a bit of an anomaly game, yeah. I think. Um, Brisbane, yeah, coming off a couple of losses, I think Sobey needs to be super aggressive in that game. Yep. Um, and it's it's tough for guards against Adelaide. You're going against Macca and you're going against Sunday. You know? so it's you tough. don't get don't have a better probably defensive backhold than that. You don't either. not at yeah. all, not at all. So that's it, always tough. Um, but I think you you know you got guys like Frank's who, who should be able to. Well, Franks is coming
0: off a... Off a awful. Off Over six. Over six, yeah. and Sobey was similar, so yeah. those two aren't going to play that badly.
1: Do no, and it? that's it. And now I think those two step up, and then uh, Brisbane get that one done. Friday. Both these teams in good form now. Yeah. So they're Jack Jumpers at home to the Kings. It's yeah. going to be an interesting one because you've got a team that starts off so well in Jack Jumpers, mm. and then a team that kind of falls at the finish yes. line in Sydney. Yeah. So. It, yeah, this one is a bit of a toss of the coin, I think. You're I, right, I they're think probably
0: the best starting teams in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I think Sydney gets it done, um, just because I think they got rid of a bit of the yips against yep. the Cats, um, and hopefully that sets them on, on a good path going forward. Um, so I think Sydney's just got too much firepower for, mm. for Tassie.
0: And on Saturday we've got two games. So Brisbane, short turnaround, coming yeah. back from Adelaide. They yeah. are at home to, to the Taipans. Oh, that's, a, that's a tough one, mm. I think. Look,
1: I, I think Brizzy get that done again um, Cairns again just they're doing what they can with what they've got um, I think energy needs to be a big thing from then um, but I, I think Brisbane come in and get that done
0: um, and then we've got this one will be interesting finally getting back to Melbourne for the Phoenix and they, they've started to find some form um, the Wildcats you would think will be a little bit better after having a bit of a break as well so this will be a good game Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, kind of top of the table clash, really. Mm. It's. I'm hoping the cats come out with with a bit more energy than they did against the Kings. If they do that, then it's going to be a really good game. Um, if they're flat-footed and lethargic a bit, like they have been, um, then then Phoenix will probably run over them. You know, they're, they're one of those teams that that are tough and will will step on your throat. Jeez. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one to pick. It is, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Cats on that one, actually.
0: Mm. Yeah. They, they could end up back in top spot if they, they win that game, too. I
1: still think it's ridiculous that Phoenix is sitting above playing three games three less. Three games. I think yeah. that's ridiculous how it's done,
0: but that is what it is. Mm. <laughs> then on Sunday, um, this, will be, this will be an interesting one, too. Both teams coming off playing earlier in the round. The Kings against the 36ers.
1: Yep. Uh, again i think sydney sydney get that one um this is going to be more a game for the bigs i think your your zaves um and your martins are gonna wreak a bit of havoc Mm -hmm. um is big and strong to be able to guard martin Mm -hmm. but uh i think he's pretty
0: foul prone as well
1: he's also i don't know if
0: he's capable of playing more more than that sort of 24 minute range. i don't think
1: so i don't think so i don't think his body lets him yeah um and i think cj is probably aware of that yeah so they're probably pretty cautious with that i think sydney runs away with that
0: one you would think melbourne united then back back at home for the first time in about six weeks i think it is um they're coming off a loss um kind of feel for the jack jumpers up against them you do you you do um
1: i think it'll be a a decent first quarter just because of how tassie plays Mm. in that first quarter but melbourne run away with that fairly handily i think i think you'll see Especially being back home, I think you'll see some of those uh, guys like. I think Golding, oh, Golding could yeah, go for thirty. Oh, that's <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking. I think he hits six, five or six threes, and yep. and gets the, the crowd absolutely going.
0: And last up, Monday night, this will be a good one too. Yes. Two teams that are in the top four that I think we all think will be there later in the season. The mm-hmm. Hawks at home to the Phoenix.
1: Yeah, yeah, Phoenix kind of seem to be that Hawks voodoo team. They, the, they. Just match up well against them, I think. Um, obviously, different teams than last year, hmm. um, but I think that's going to be a high quality game. Um, you know, if if Gorge can get the Hawks playing some good defense, that that'll be a really fun game to watch. Um, I think
0: Phoenix. We'll see how it all played out when we come back next week, Cody. Hopefully, if you're back for a second show, I hope this first one went well enough for you to, to come back. Um, for sure. So, no, it's been a lot of fun, Cody. You enjoyed picking your brain. Um, thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible. Thank you to Tab Touch as well. And later in the week, hopefully back with a Tab Touch preview with, with Matty Knighton. We might find out his thoughts on if he thinks he's in that Wildcats anniversary team as well. But I'm Chris Biker. I'll sign off for this week. And I'm going to put Cody on the spot and let, let him sign off for this first episode. <laughs> ah no honestly appreciate you guys
1: having me and uh hopefully the listeners will will uh, like to have me back in the future mate so thank you